Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. Maybe you've heard that phrase. It's really common in the Northeast, usually among New Yorkers, usually among Italians. They say, ah, forget about it. Forget about it. It's actually a really good tactic, a good strategy for leaders, especially leaders who have faced a lot of adversity, challenges, struggles, things that, well, they don't go well. It's an easy, well, easy to say, a little more difficult to do, strategy to yeah, forget about it. But that's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I want you to know that one of the probably most powerful tools I've ever received in my life is this tiny little book right here called The Golden Book by Dale Carnegie. It's the Dale Carnegie's Golden Book. It's tiny. When I say tiny, can you see? That's the whole thing. It's like eight pages, maybe 10. But on page six, it talks about probably one of the most important things in your health mentally and physically. You would be amazed at the biological impact of negative thinking that's created by worry. In fact, Dr. Caroline Leaf says 98, 70, 75 to 98% of all chronic illness in the human body begins with inflammation. And that begins with toxic thinking. Now we can go way deep into the idea that when your hippocampus and your hypothalamus began to secrete certain hormones like cortisol in your brain as opposed to dopamine in your brain, it's because you have allowed yourself to think back on to remember things that are stressful. And so your body begins to react right now as if that stressful thing that happened two months ago, two minutes ago, two years ago, two decades ago is happening again right now. And so the fight or flight all takes place in you and you begin to relive the moment that, that it isn't happening right now, but your body thinks it is. And so your heart rate goes up and your brain goes into overdrive and your hormones go into craziness. And all of that happens inside your body because of what's going on inside your mind and Arthritis, diabetes, high blood pressure, hardening of the arteries. All of these can be directly linked to the imbalances of the hormone inside your body created by the stress of worry. So what is worry? What, what does it mean? What does it mean to worry? Well, leaders who've learned to be effective leaders have learned to overcome worry. They don't worry. They strategize, they analyze, they make a plan, they move on. Why? Well, because you can't change anything by worrying. You can't. Worrying is like, it's like looking at a problem that happened five minutes ago, five months ago, five decades ago, and assuming it's gonna happen again five minutes from now, five months from now, five decades from now, and you're already concerned about it happening again, rather than taking preemptive action to prevent it from happening again, you're just living your life as if it's imminent and unavoidable. I mean, it is inevitable that things are gonna happen in your life that are not desirable. I mean, there are gonna be things that happen in your life that are tragedies, and they're unavoidable. 
There are going to be things that happen to your company, to your business, that destroy your plan, that hurt the people that work for you, the people that you care about, that derail your projects, that stop your production and profit. It's inevitable. We call it, you ready for this? Life. <laughs> it's just life. That's life. It's not fair. And it comes at you from every angle and it never stops. The question is not whether or not these things are going to happen. They will. It's imminent. It's how will you handle it when they do? Will you get stuck in a cycle that says, this happened to me one time and therefore it's going to happen to me again and it destroyed me the first time and emotionally I was overwhelmed and, and I my body went into shutdown and, and so I'm going to completely, perpetually stay in that cycle of depression and anger and frustration and I can't do anything about it and I'm out of control and my life is beyond my ability to control it. And a lot of people do. A lot of people get in that cycle and they stay in that cycle and they get broken. Not just broke financially because the means of production and profit went away, but broken emotionally. Some mentally to the point of ending their own life because they just can't take it anymore. Others are so caught in the past, they, they call it PTS. When, when the past is so real to you that you relive the moment, the sound of a car backfiring or a firework going off takes a soldier back to a moment in time where they're reliving the loss of their best friend on the battlefield. They're remembering and reliving biochemically, hormonally, physically, mentally, emotionally, what happened to them years ago. And when that type of circumstance isn't dealt with properly, with proper therapy, with proper help, with proper coping mechanisms and tools and aids and strategies, well, you get to go right back there again and live it again and again and again and again and again and again. And it's like, Hell meets Groundhog Day. It just keeps coming back. But see, effective leaders have found that there are strategies to overcome those things, a, a way to stop them. And in this little golden book of Dale Carnegie's on page six, like I said, it, it's the tiniest little book in the world. It does literally only have nine pages. And on page six, he says, basic techniques in analyzing worry. Now, uh, bear with me one second, because I, I, I want you to know, I think you can still see me on the video, the, the whole book on overcoming worry, um, it's this big. The, the, how to win friends and over, over uh, how to win friends and influence people and how to stop worrying and start living. Uh, this is not a small book. But the reminder only takes eight pages. So here's the strategy as an outline. And if you need to dig into the whole thing, well, then go grab the whole book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, right here. Here's what he says. Step number one, get all the facts. Step number two, weigh all the facts and then come to a decision. Step number three, once a decision is reached, act. Do something about it. Write out and answer the following questions. What is the problem? What are the causes of the problem? What are the possible solutions of the problem? What is the best possible solution of all the ones that I wrote down? Now, see, 
It's easy to get caught up in the emotional cycle of a past problem. It's easy even to look at that past problem as though it's inevitable and it's going to happen again and there's nothing you can do about it. That it is as inevitable and unstoppable as it was the first time. And that's not true. It's not true. There are other things that may come into your life that are inevitable and unstoppable and there's nothing you do about them. But there are a lot of things that come into your life that, believe it or not, we don't like to admit it. But some of the problems that come into our life that seem inevitable are self-inflicted. Yeah, it is. I, I was listening to a comedian just yesterday. He talked about his mother when he would misbehave as a kid and she would give him the knuckle. And she would pound on the top of his head with that one extended middle finger, ding, 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 right on the top of his head. And then he laughed and he said, the doctors call it rheumatoid arthritis, but I know it's the result of knuckling me on my head. It's called karma. It's not rheumatoid arthritis, it's karma. What does that mean? It's a pain that's self-inflicted. You did this to yourself. Ask yourself honestly. If you made this little list of get all the facts together, weigh all the facts, and then come to a decision. If you did that about some of the things that you're worrying about right now, is there any chance that some of the things you're worrying about right now, right this minute, are self-inflicted? Meaning, they're not inevitable. They're caused by you. Meaning, a decision, a choice to act some way differently, to think differently about a situation, about a relationship, about an event. Just simply thinking about it differently could change the outcome, maybe even prevent the disaster that you fear. What if that was true? What if you held in your own hands, in your own mind, in your own imagination, the ability to say, I don't have to worry about that because I'm the one that decides if it happens or not. I'm the one that controls it. It's me. I am in complete control of that particular problem. I can do something about it right now or I can stop doing what I've been doing that's gonna lead to that problem. I don't have to worry about that problem. I need a plan. I need to strategize. I need to do something differently and then I need to act on it. He says, what is the problem? What are the causes of the problem? If the cause of the problem is you, you got a pretty quick solution. What is the possible solution? Do something differently. What is the best possible solution? Of all the solutions that I come up with, what's the best possible solution? Then he goes a little further. He says, break the worry before it breaks you. Break the worry habit before it breaks you. Keep busy. You ever heard that old phrase, uh, Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Yeah, when you're bored, all kinds of bad things happen. I, I don't have it in here right now, but I, I wrote an entire book on addiction, overcoming addiction, because I spent 25 years addicted myself. And one of the main reasons or causes for the what we would call manifestation of an addiction, the, the actual acting out of the thing that seems to own you, is boredom. It's boredom. Keep busy. Worry is also a habit. And you're not going to like this to be true, but it is. Worry is an addiction. You ever met somebody who, if they don't have enough drama in their life, they create some drama? If, if everything's not going wrong, they make something up to be concerned about, to be worried about. They start an argument. They create friction with a friend or a coworker so that there will be drama because they thrive on the hormones 
of fight or flight, the adrenaline and the cortisol mix. That's what they expect life to be. And so when it's not there, they feel abnormal. And so they cause problems. If you don't start nothing, there ain't going to be nothing. They cause a problem because they expect to live in those hormonal imbalances. It's what they thrive on. So they create a problem where there's one. When you stay busy, you don't have time for that nonsense. And if you do have that nonsense in your life, you need a better strategy. You need to go back to number four. B, what are the causes of the problem? If it's you, stop that. Bob Newhart, best ever video in the world. Just stop it. It's not as complicated as it seems, but it is a tough choice. Okay, let's keep going. Break the worry habit before it breaks you. Keep busy. Number two, don't fuss about trifles. <laughs> don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. If it's small enough that it's not going to make a difference in life and death, maybe you can just move on. Maybe you can just look at it and go, huh, that sucks. What's next? Or as uh, Jack Kenfield says in his book, Success Principles, he says, some will, some won't. So what? Next. Number three, use the law of averages to outlaw your worries. Well, what does that mean? That means you've got to get busy with the things that are productive in life and stop spending time on the things that are not productive in life. Forget about those emotional dramas that seem to drag you down and destroy your hope and your health. Focus your time on those things that are going to be better. In fact, create more opportunity in your life. Get busy doing something that causes your brain and your heart and your emotions and your busy little fingers to do something greater than yourself. And then stay busy doing that. Maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it's serving someone else. Maybe it's cleaning the house. Sorting out the garage. But allow those things that demand your time and your attention, your emotional focus, to not leave you space to worry. Be busy being productive and hopeful and hope-filled so that you can change the lives of people around you instead of focusing on worry. Because remember, I told you the most contagious thing in the world is not the common cold. It's an attitude. And worry is an attitude by definition. It's what you think about how you feel and how you feel about what you think. And if you're thinking about a bad event from the past and fearing that it's going to happen again, then you're thinking and feeling in a combination called worry. That's an attitude of worry, and it will destroy you. It will absolutely destroy you. Mentally, emotionally, biochemically, it will destroy you. Number four, cooperate with the inevitable. Look, I can't stop the rain. I can't stop 108 degrees. I can't stop one week's weather in Texas changing from 100 degrees to 95 degrees to 35 degrees to 95 degrees in the same seven-day period. But welcome to Texas. It's common. It's inevitable. What am I going to do? I drive around with a sweatshirt in the back of my truck 24-7. My winter coat never comes out of my truck because it's waterproof, which means there are going to be days I climb out and it's raining cats and dogs and I can throw on my winter coat to get in and out of the building without getting my suit all wet. It's just the life we live. If you live in Seattle, maybe you walk around with a snorkel all the time because it never stops raining. There's a reason the most well-known high-end overcoat is called London Fog. 
because it's always foggy in London. I spent two years in England. I came home in a February in 1991. And when I came home that February, it was rainy and dreary and cold. And we never saw the sun the entire time I was home on leave. And people ask me, so what's it like being in England? I'm like, just like this. Inevitable. Nothing you can do about it. Cooperate with the inevitable. Why fight against it? Why kick against the wall? You're not going to move it. You're just going to stump your toe. So cooperate with the inevitable. Decide how much anxiety a thing may be worth and refuse to give it more. Do you understand that everything we've talked about so far, with, with the exception of number three under the basic techniques of analyzing worry, when he says, once a decision is reached, act. Everything else has been in the head. Everything else has been how you think about this problem. Everything else in this aspect of worry from a leader's standpoint is mind work. Because worry is an attitude. It's how you feel about what you think and how you think about what you feel. Number six, under break the worry habit before it breaks you, says don't worry about the past. That's like borrowing trouble from yesterday because today doesn't have enough problems. There's not enough inevitabilities today. I'm going to go back to the past, dredge some up, bring them forward with me. So I'll have something to worry about. Don't do that. All right. Last little section here. You know, there's, there's three more sections here, but there's like 10 bullet points in each one of them. And I've only got three minutes left. Which one? You know, I'm going to skip this section. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Ah. Cultivating a mental attitude that will bring you peace and happiness. There's seven there. Maybe I'll dive into that another time. Here's the next one. Perfect way to conquer worry. Right here. It only has one. <laughs> Pray. That's what it says. Pray. What you think about how you feel and how you feel about what you think. Don't worry about criticism. Remember that unjust criticism is often a disguised compliment. Do the very best you can, analyze your own mistakes, and criticize yourself first. Well, that sounds almost like something I just said, doesn't it? Sometimes the biggest problem we have is what's going on in our mind. We don't feel like we have enough drama or trauma in our life. We don't feel like our emotions are out of control enough, so we conjure some up. And if that's not good enough to go back to the past and dredge something and drag it forward, then we create drama. We create problems with our friends because we need something to worry about. Stop it. Leaders don't have time to worry. Leaders need to strategize. What is my best thinking? What can I look at and honestly say, okay, that was my fault, but I can do better. That was my fault. I can fix it. That was my fault. I can stop doing that or undo that. I can do it again differently. All of those are genuine, effective, powerful strategies for leaders to end worry. But I can tell you, if you don't end worry in your life, worry will end you. I'm not kidding when I say, and you can look at any, any neuroscientist, faith-based or not, Daniel Amen, Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, um, Caroline Leaf, all of them, all of them will tell you. Even um, the newest one that I've come on to, Dr. Barbara O'Neill, all of them will tell you. The brain sciences are clear. When you stress, when you worry, when you allow your thoughts to get out of control, and you allow your thoughts, especially the negatives, to control you, 
your heart, your lungs, your cardiovascular system, your brain cells, your blood vessels, your muscles, your joints, they pay the price for toxic thinking. Every illness in your body has a direct link back to your heart and your mind. Every one of them. And if you don't control worry, worry will control you. If you don't end worry in your life, in the life of the people around you, worry will end you. Worry will end them. Don't worry. Strategize. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.